Welcome back to episode 53 of On the Wild. I'm your host, Riley Keenan. With me, as always, Anoush Basker. We have finally completed a year of On the Wild. Yeah. Uh, I think our first video was right after the NFC and AFC Championship Games, right right during that Pro Bowl span. Yeah. And yeah, um, this is the. Yeah, there's an extra week. So technically, like, we're at the same spot. We, we uploaded our first episode on January 30th. This one's going to go up on January 29th. Um, so yeah, we're out of year. Yeah, it's crazy. Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be here. Thank you for everyone who's who's tuned in over the last year. We're, I mean, we're expecting to make it another year and however many after that. We love doing yeah. this every week. So, mm-hmm. um, and once again today, we're we're talking about football. Once again, I mean, the <laughs> NFL playoffs uh, have been incredible at this point. And I mean, it's probably been the best one I've seen thus far. Every single game this past weekend was great. Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll just dive into them. The first one we saw was was Cincinnati against Tennessee Titans in nineteen to sixteen victory. What did you see from this game? My major takeaway is that Joe Burrow does not get rattled no matter what is happening in the game. He got sacked mm-hmm. nine times, uh, tied for a playoff record, and it didn't it didn't affect him at all. Um, he he kept his head down. He kept working. Uh, but I will say Ryan Tannehill kind of cost the Titans the game. Uh, their their defense played great. Um, AJ Brown was playing great as well. You just throw it up to him. He was, he was going to come down with it. And he threw three interceptions. Tannehill did. Um, I know last week I said like what he's done this year has been impressive considering all the injuries that they've had, but um, he chose the wrong game to have his, his worst game of the season. And uh, going forward, I know they just signed him to an extension last off season, but he's kind of what's helped what's holding the Titans back. Uh, they have everything in place. They have Derrick Henry, who I know just came back, and he didn't really look like his his usual self. Like, he even got stopped yeah. on a fourth and one. Don't usually see that. Yeah. You have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. I know they got injured this year, but they have everything you need to be a really good team. Um, and I think – and the defense obviously played well against, against Cincinnati, nine sacks, held them to 19 points. But I think Tannehill is what's holding them back from being – a perennial like Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I don't know. I, like to me, Tannehill is an average to above average quarterback. But if you want to beat Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Herbert once the Chargers kind of figure it out, you're going to need that guy uh, at the quarterback position. And I don't think Tannehill is that. So that was the, yeah. kind of my, my major takeaways from the game. But I am very happy that Cincinnati's in the AFC Championship game. I wanted them to win. I picked them, but that was kind of more like a picking with my heart over my head. I'm happy yeah. they pulled through, though. Yeah, and then you kind of see the duality between the two quarterbacks. So, like, Burrow, every big moment during this game, he came through. Obviously, at the last few moments of the game, they're tied. He makes that big throw to Jamar Chase, and that sets up the McPherson field goal. You talk about those Tannehill turnovers. They all came at extremely pivotal moments in the game. Obviously, the first drive of the game throws an interception that that gives the Bengals a field goal. He throws an interception in the red zone when they should have scored a touchdown. They had every opportunity to score a touchdown. They couldn't get it done. And then obviously on the last series of the game. So every time a big, a really big moment came, Tannehill didn't deliver. And like you said, I think that's what's stopping the Titans from being a perennial force in this league. They are, they have everything going for them. It seems like aside from throwing the ball, even though he, I agree. He is, he is very much so an above average quarterback. I would take him over a lot of guys in this league, but he hasn't been able to, reach that upper echelon that he, you know, kind of showed a glimpses of this season and last season, but he hasn't been able to take that next step. And I mean, you, you can't talk about Burrow enough and the resiliency to, to get sacked nine times. I mean, I think it broke a record. He's tied or no, he's tied with, you know, their hall of famer, but 
it's incredible what he was able to do. And obviously, you know, the blitz counter, uh, Burrow is one of the best against the blitz that we've seen this season, even though the offensive line has struggled. And, and it sucks that the blitz comes, but that allows a lot of single coverage for the three-headed monster, Boyd, Higgins, and Chase. And I think we're going to see a lot of that in the Chiefs game as well, because they're going to be blitzing, I'm sure. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. But I, Cincinnati, it wasn't a convincing victory, but it, it did feel, you know, there was never really a moment of doubt in my mind. I kind of always saw like, you know, they were going to be able to pull this game out because Tennessee, they weren't battling back at any real point in the game, but they, they never really had it in their hands. I'd say that. And, and, you know, Henry didn't, I don't want to say he didn't show up. It was, you know, his first game back since October after a fractured foot, like there's only so much you can do, but like I said, with acres and Michelle, I think that's the same thing here with Foreman. Obviously he broke off 45 yard rush, but four rushes, 66 yards. I think you got to keep giving the ball to him. He's, He's more of an elusive back. He's going to give you a bit, a quick burst of speed, which I think you needed in that moment of the game. Whereas, you know, obviously Henry's a power back. Obviously he's fast as, as heck, but I feel like going to form in a couple of times in that game would have been big. And obviously you talked about the fourth and one rush. I don't think you got it. You can't rush the ball there in that moment. Obviously you maybe not, you don't have the fullest faith in Tannehill there to make the throw, but you got to throw the ball on fourth and one. Yeah. Cause it's so obvious that you're going to run. Yeah. I think just like, well, it's, it's a, kind of a lose-lose because if they passed it and they didn't get it, they'd be like, oh, you have Derrick Henry. Why didn't you run it? So it's yeah. kind of a hindsight thing. So can't really blame them for running the ball. But, yeah, it was kind of yeah. obvious. It's a tough one. Yeah. But yeah, is there, any, is there anything you wanted to mention before uh, moving on to the surprise? The Bengals really kicker bad. is the most confident kicker of all time. Maybe yeah, that. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, 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 it's nice to, to when kickers and punters have a little bit of swagger because, you know, they deserve it. They don't have the, the biggest moments in the games, but when they come in there, to, you know, you get iced by a timeout, game's on the line. There's no more clutch moment than a kicker, you know, kicking 40, 50-yard field goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to go in there just knowing that he's going to make it, you love to see it. And he's a rookie too. Yeah. They got their kicker for the next 20 years. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Bengals are in good shape right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, moving on to the night game of Saturday, we saw the 49ers take on Green Bay. This absolutely ruined my parlay. We would have been perfect. We would have been yeah. perfect, man, going into this next round. But obviously the Niners take down the Packers. I mean, they had constant pressure in that game. They have, you know, five sacks. I think they, they held Green Bay's offense to 263 yards. A lot of the season we question what is the Packers' weakness? Is it, you know, their offense? Clearly not. Defense, no, they figured it out. It's the special teams. They, yeah. they, they allow a blocked field goal. They allow a blocked punt for a touchdown. You know, to start the second half, they allow forty-five yard kick return, which you know gives the 49ers all the momentum in the world. And when the game's on the line, to block the field goal, they have ten men on the field. So it's just it's quite baffling from a team that has such good coaching in Lafleur and have a lot of veteran presence. But you know, this is this is the time where we really put it on Rodgers, I think, for the first time. Because before, we could always really blame the defense. Obviously, the special teams is to blame, but he couldn't score at the end of the day. Yeah, as much as the special teams kind of cost in the game, and that's really what this game came down to, if you're the MVP for the second straight year, and you kind of always talk about having home field advantage, like last year you said, I've always just wanted home field to go through Green Bay. Like, this is your chance to do that, and you didn't get it done. Um, Yeah. Even though the block punt is what tied the game up, you can't score 10 points in a playoff game, um, yeah. especially at home in the elements when the quarterback on the other side has never thrown a pass in a game that's where the temperature has been, I think, under 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. I don't know what that is in Celsius, but 
you can't score 10 points, um, especially considering they got a touchdown on their first drive. So after that, they only scored um, three points after that. So they just kind of stagnate the whole game, especially with all the noise and like what he did last off season, kind of like making the play, making the Packers kind of like amend all of his demands. Like he's, he ruined my Super Bowl pick. That's what I'm mad about. <laughs> yeah. And just, I yeah. don't know. It'll be yeah, interesting yeah. what happens this off season though, because the Packers are about $40 million over the cap. And we all know that Rogers kind of, after the game didn't assure whether or not he was coming back so yeah it'll be interesting to see because this was their year to, to capitalize on what they had because they have the most they probably had the most complete roster in the nfl considering Jair alexander came back though he wasn't completely healthy there was one play on the debo samuel run that with the shoulder that was hurt he kind of turned away and tried to tackle yeah. which led to him missing the tackle so Darius smith made a pretty big impact in his first game back but this was the packers year and they just didn't capitalize yeah it- I noticed like Rodgers seemed kind of hesitant in the game. There were throws that he would make all season long, all career long that he wouldn't make in this game. And there, obviously there's a small narrative uh, with the Packers this season of like, you know, it's just Rodgers and Adams. I mean, we talked about it a bit. It's obviously not, this is a very complete team, but when it comes down to just passing the football, you know, those two have a great connection and it seemed like they were forcing it in this game when there's mm-hmm. a lot of guys. Over, if you look at that last big throw, you got Adams in double coverage on a post route. And he tries to throw a bomb to him like like it was Cooper Cup. If you watch He's in it, double coverage and you and you Lazard, in bird's yeah. eye view, you watch it. Lazard is wide open at midfield. Right there. You're at least yeah. you're at least getting in the field goal range. He may even score. Yeah. So just flat out so, missed him. Yeah. He's wide open on third and eleven. That takes them to I mean halfway down the field. And then that allows them to either, you know, kick a field goal or even score. But yeah, he seemed he seemed like he was forcing throws at times, but at the same time, he was very hesitant. There were times, a lot of times during the game, where someone was wide open, he just didn't make the throw. And it seemed kind of weird. But mm-hmm. you know, all in all, you look, you know, you look back at this Packers season; it was very successful. This was the worst game that the Packers have played since Week One, and you know, couldn't have come at a worse time. I don't think Rodgers will be back. I think he'll go to either Denver or Pittsburgh. Um, well, yeah, Denver's a lot more interesting now because they just hired a couple hours ago. They hired um, the Packers' offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett yeah. as their head coach. So maybe that would appease to to Rogers a little bit more, considering he knows Hackett. Obviously, I'm assuming they have a decent relationship, if not a good yeah. relationship, um, which will make the the learning curve of going to a new team a little bit easier. But yeah, I would say Denver, Pittsburgh are probably my top two. Or maybe even the Giants as a as a dark horse, yeah. but I I would I, mean, I always look at the, I was at the Giants as a as the as a spot for a quarterback because they have a lot of draft picks and I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. But their new GM kind of came out and said that they were going to build an offense around Daniel Jones. So which I don't really get that. I think they got to go yeah. get a quarterback. Like to me, this team is another one of those teams right now that with a quarterback it makes them a I wouldn't say a contender, but a, a playoff contender. In terms of, you know, they got a great running back in Saquon Barkley and a good backup in Booker. The wide receiver, you know, Shepard, Galladay, Slayton, and Tony. Kadarius Tony had a really good rookie year with not a lot of opportunity as he's the fourth guy. And then Evan Ingram's solid. And then you got a good defense. So you bring a good quarterback into the system. They can thrive, and let alone Aaron Rodgers. I mean, guys coming off most likely back-to-back MVPs. So I would love to see him in New York. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, but Raiders, too. Uh, I've heard the Raiders. Yeah, I think – here's my thing. I think if 
if Tom Brady retires, I think he'll stay in the NFC. But if if he stays, I think he'll go to the AFC. And I don't necessarily think it's like a fear thing. I just think it's just the way it would roll out. Mm-hmm. But it also, well, I mean, it would be cool if, if Brady were to leave and Rodgers signed with Tampa Bay and goes, I'm going to play with your team and I'm going to throw 60 <laughs> touchdowns and 6,000 yards. That would be cool. That would be funny. That would be funny. Yeah. But we'll see. It will be interesting for sure. Because Aaron Rodgers, yeah. I, I don't even know. He's very, he's a very weird dude. Yeah, he so, is. We'll see. But, I mean, we can. there's so much we can say about the, the 49ers, obviously, in, in yeah. little time. But, I mean, it came down to Debo Samuel once again. He's, we, we talked about him being the X-Factor guy. There's two playoff games in a row where his running of the football on third down won the game for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the field goal did, but that, but that allowed them to put in position. And it's, it's remarkable because both play calls are so surprising, and yet they're very obvious at the same time. You go and think, you know, you're running the ball on third down and you need a conversion. But the, the defense doesn't see it coming, even though he's the one guy on the field you should be looking at. Yeah. And what I find absolutely remarkable – I'm. I just saw this stat before we started. Garoppolo is four and zero in the playoffs when he doesn't throw a touchdown. He's played five. He keeps, playoffs. Getting, he keeps getting away with it. He keeps getting yeah. away with playing terrible in the playoffs. He's thrown two career playoff touchdowns, and that came in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs when they gave the game away. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess next week you can't throw a touchdown if you want to beat the Rams. But yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty wicked. But speaking of the Rams, we had our Sunday. Uh, afternoon playoff game against the Buccaneers. This was the game, I mean, everyone was looking forward to. You got Stafford mm-hmm. versus Brady, two of the best defenses in the league. What did you see from this game? The Rams came out hot. Obviously, we all saw, and Brady came back, gave me PTSD. Just a point <laughs> off of 28 to 3. It was 27 to 3. I um, really wanted just... them to do two point conversion <laughs> there just to be like, you know what, Brady? See if you can do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was just self-inflicted um, mistakes by the Rams. Uh, the fumble on the one-yard line by Cam Akers, Cooper Cup fumbling, the the snap that went uh, the bad snap after the Von Miller strip sack, uh, back-to-back turnovers, and then you had the the Cam Akers fumble at the end of the game. It was really the Rams' fault that the the Buccaneers got into the game. Like, absolutely. I want to give Brady credit, which I will. Like he he led a pretty big comeback. The obviously the seventy-yard touchdown to Mike Evans late in the game. Uh, but the Rams let the box into this game and were kind of choking and they just kind of, uh, figured it out at the end with the two passes to Cooper Cup to, to, to Cooper cup. So I think the Rams could have easily won this game in the third quarter. Um, they really could have put them away early, but they kept, they let the Bucks back into the game and never really put them away. But thankfully they, they, they won it at the end for the sake yeah. of Rams fans and, uh, Stafford fans, because if he lost that game, it would have been an outcry in the media. Yeah, this this game was was big for for Stafford and his legacy because you know obviously going into this season, the season, the whole narrative was you know did he not make the playoffs because he was with the Lions, or did he not make it because he just couldn't get it done himself? And th- these two games have proved that it was it was not Stafford's fault. You know mm-hmm. they they never had a great system or a great roster in Detroit, and they still don't, <laughs> unfortunately. But Stafford was great. He was so calm and poised during this game. And obviously that, that throw to cup was the biggest throw of his career. I think that was an absolute bomb. And that's, you know, they don't make that trade in the off season. Goff doesn't make that pass. He yeah. not only can yeah. make that pass, he wouldn't have made that pass. And 
quite honestly, I don't even think Cooper Cup would have made that catch last year because he just – obviously, he's always been a great receiver, but he just went to another level this season with Stafford, and he, he just looks like he has so much more confidence with Stafford. And obviously, o, OBJ, you could see the same thing from him, and I wish Robert Woods was playing because you know three of them would be balling together. But I love what we're seeing from Stafford here. Um, on the other side of the field, you know, Brady didn't come out hot. He didn't – he's not really a, a – a, you know, an initial drive kind of quarterback. He'll, he'll come out decent, but we knew he was going to come alive in the second half, which is something I just find crazy. You know, we were watching the game at our house here, a couple of people over and just the first half ended. There wasn't a single person in the room that was like, yeah, this game's over. Every yeah. single person knew that they were going to be able to come back in this game, maybe not tie it, which they did, but we knew what, what Brady could do. And that, that throw to Evans was huge. Fournette was running great. But I mean, at the end of the day, it just, it came down to Stafford having the ball at the end and, and he brought it. Yeah, I was talking to one of our friends during the game, and he when the the when the Rams uh, when Brady threw the pick at the end of the the first half, um, and obviously the the Rams fumbled. But when he threw that pick, he was like, "I'm I'm turning the game off. The game's over." I was like, "Ah, slow down a little bit." <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it was That's any good. other if it was any other quarterback, all right, cool. But like, yeah. it's Tom it's Tom Brady. Regardless that he is 44 years old, it's still Tom Brady. He's gonna yeah at least make it a game, and he mm-hmm. almost won the game. He almost did. And then now he has that. I mean, did you see the post on Instagram yesterday? A little, little weird. Oh, it feels like he, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not clear whether or not he's retiring, but it kind of looks like he did. And it's the I first time he, yeah, I think so too. It's, it seems like the time. And he even said, like, he doesn't equate the loss to failure, which is something I don't resonate with Brady in the past. You know, every time he's lost, it's been like, okay, next season, we got to go win a Super Bowl. That's my job. Now it seemed like he, he talked about the way they fought, the way they battled, and they really did. They did battle, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it does seem his his viewpoint of football has changed a bit. So I could see him, you know, kind of just going back to his family and enjoying that time, which he does deserve. There's really nothing else he can accomplish to to elevate him even more. Yeah, he was talking kind of like he like he was satisfied with like everything he's done, which he should yeah. be. He's the greatest Absolutely. quarterback of all time. Uh, but he was talking like, you know they've his kids and his wife have done so much for him as a player it's time for him to give back yeah and just talking about like how like in the past it would always be like well, what's your favorite ring tom like he'd be like the next one right yeah. now it's kind of like oh i'm happy with what i've done i have nothing else to prove he even said he doesn't want a farewell to her because that would take the competition mm-hmm. away from the game so yeah everything to me is pointing towards him retiring um like at this point i would say it's more like 80 percent um, that he is going to retire. I've also read something that Tampa Bay would be shocked if he came back. Wow. So, like pleasantly shocked if he, if he came back. So they're even expecting him to retire. So. Wow. It's going to be a crazy day because our whole life Brady's been in the NFL. He was in the NFL before we were even born. Yeah. So the NFL, he's always been there. So we're kind of seeing an era end um, mm-hmm. with like him, Peyton, Peyton Manning has been retired, but he's retired last year. Roethlisberger retired today. Like, yeah. Rogers is really the only one left. Yeah, it's a crazy time. I will say though, older. you know, I, I, I rewind back to that Jelani episode when I said, I think this may be it for Tom Brady. And, you and we laughed. laughed at you. You laughed. And listen, you were right. You were absolutely right because it he, he had an incredible season. He could he, he could did. potentially win the MVP, but there is a little glimmer of truth that it is the end of Tom Brady potentially. But I'll give it a 50-50 there. I was definitely wrong about the the skill level he was going to be playing with, but this 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 could see the end of Brady's career. So yeah, I'm you wouldn't think he was going to retire because he he of the season he just had, he's playing a 
one of the he had one of the best seasons of his career this year. Yeah. In the MVP running. But I think I think this will be a strict like family decision. Like if he wasn't yeah. if he didn't have kids, if he didn't have a wife, I think he'd play until they would have to drag yeah. him off the field. But <laughs> yeah. Considering he has family and he, his kids are 14, 12, and 9, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's like the prime time it, to to kind of spend time with your kids. It really is. It's the perfect age group for them, too. Because, you know, obviously, the one that's 14, you only have so many more years when he's still in the, or he or she's still in the house. So you, you want to be with your kids at this time. And I think there's no one that deserves it more than him. It's been an incredible career if, if it is saying goodbye. But we have As someone a- to replace him. <laughs> what were you, sorry as a falcons fan though i can i could not be more happy he may be gone sean payton's gone the panther the panthers are a mess the falcons are winning the division next year it's, that's what i'm trying to say bet on it at eight and nine at eight and nine yeah via AFC, nfc west kind of thing but yeah like i was saying we, we may be seeing the end of, of two great I mean, we've seen the end of two great careers potentially this season. Obviously, Rodgers could be gone. But we see two absolute stars in the form of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen who put it all on the line in that game. It was the greatest playoff game I think I've ever seen. Definitely the best division. But this was crazy. I was texting somebody during the game and about a little bit into the third quarter, this was literally right before, like literally two plays before the Josh Allen 75-yard touchdown to Gabriel Davis. It's like this game compared to the Rams game is like so boring. Like I'm just on my phone the whole time, and then the game just took off. Yeah, it really did. I mean, in in the first quarter, it wasn't wasn't fast-paced or anything. Like there were a couple three and outs. Like they were still working through the things. But it was 14-14, and right as that half went, you know, we were were making some food, and we were talking in the kitchen. I was like, it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. Because I, I th- and I thought of that because they kept showing Josh Allen on the bench when Mahomes was on the field in that first half. And it was just kind of like this, he had a face of a guy that was like, I'm just waiting for my turn. It wasn't any pressure. It wasn't, oh, I hope they don't score here. I hope the defense uh, can stop him. It was, I don't care what he does here. I'm going to go out next drive and do better. And they just yeah. kept topping each other the same, the, the entire game. It was amazing to watch. I mean, you talk about those final two minutes and those final two minutes and that in the overtime period, Allen threw five for seven, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Mahomes, 10 for 13, 188 yards, two touchdowns. That is better than Baker Mayfield in an entire game. Like, it's, that's better it's than incredible. Like, that's better than like 70% of quarterbacks in a whole game. Yeah. He, that's final, that four minute span for Patrick Mahomes was better than Jimmy Garoppolo in those first two games combined in the playoffs. It is incredible what the two guys were able to do. There, there wasn't necessarily a loser in this game. There was a winner. And the other team is just going to come back next year firing even more. We talked about, I mean, the Bills defense, number one defense in the NFL, they didn't show it in this game, especially on that last drive when, you know, you're up by, you're up by three. You are playing prevent defense, not wanting them to go to the sideline. That allows the entire middle of the field to be open. Yeah, and they let timeouts. Ty- yeah, they have two timeouts. They let Tyreek go down the middle. And it was like that should have been the learning moment because the, the Chiefs obviously call a timeout right after that. The Bills, I don't know why they're not going, okay, let's collapse the middle. Let's allow some guys to be on the outside as well. They don't and do even that. Kelsey, Kelsey- have, you, have you seen the the mic'd up with Kelsey? He said if they're gonna play like that, the seam is gonna be yeah. wide open. And you see Mahomes at the line being like, Yeah, do it, Kels, do it, Kels. Kelsey, yeah, he threw a free. He ran a freestyle route, like, and exactly. I love when guys do that too, because obviously you want to, you want to stick with your system, you want to trust in your coaching. 
But sometimes as a star player like Kelsey is and like, you know, Mahomes is throwing the ball. Sometimes you just got to do it yourself and see and, and take what the game gives you. And they gave them so much opportunity there. They threw the game away. Um, I think the Bills will come back so much better next year, especially defensively. But I don't know I what's don't... better because they're losing their offensive coordinator to Miami, most likely. Brian Dable is yeah. the favorite, and he's probably going to go to Miami as their head coach. Uh, Leslie, Fla- Leslie Frazier may also get a job. Um, I've heard the Giants maybe hire him because they just got – uh, the Bills assistant GM. The Bills are losing a lot of pieces. They are um, maybe not players, but organizationally, they're losing some player. They're losing some pieces, and that's maybe just as important as losing a key player. Like they're obviously going to have Josh Allen. Yeah. They're going to be a playoff team. We all know that. They're probably going to play. They're probably going to win the NFC, AFC East as well. Mm-hmm. But I think just just assuming that they're going to be the exact same team like the Chiefs are, I, I don't know. That's fair. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I still think they're going to have a better defense than the Chiefs. And I, I don't know. I just see this offense improving because it, you, obviously we know Stefan Diggs is great. And I, well, I'll say one thing about him. It was kind of funny seeing all of the promos of him watching the Chiefs win last year. And it was like, I'm going to come into this game and play incredible football, dominate. He got seven yards. But at the three same catches. time, yeah, three catches, seven yards. Wasn't a great game. But a mm-hmm. lot of those Gabriel Davis plays, you look at Stefan Diggs' coverage, it was so critical to a couple of those touchdowns because it took the pressure off of everybody else. And it, the game came to him and he was, and Allen was able to give it to someone else. Gabriel Davis, 202 yards, four touchdowns. Are you kidding me? I had a bet on him to score the first two touchdowns of the game. He scored the last four, I think, instead. <laughs> so that kind of sucked. But I mean, it was crazy to watch. But yeah, I think the Bills will come back. I think they'll come back better. Not because that they're going to, you know, add more pieces. They're definitely going to lose a lot of people, but they're going to grow. Josh Allen's is going to be a year older. The run game is going to be better. Stefan Diggs is now in the system for three years. Dawson Knox is a really good tight end. Obviously he's had, he had a couple bad drops in that game, but I just see this Bills team getting better because they Sean need to make, is a phenomenal coach. They need to make a blockbuster move. Like I've seen a lot of yeah. stuff about Christian McCaffrey being available. Go get Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Like oh, trade yeah. your first round pick. You, you're, yeah. you're a pretty go, complete team. Go get go Christian get McCaffrey. Go get maybe like a Melvin Gordon or or someone of like uh, like someone like that because you know Javante Williams is going to take the load for Denver. Melvin Gordon is a great guy to have that can also receive the ball in the backfield because that was one of the things I was talking to Joe, who's a Buffalo fan. He wasn't too happy about the way they were they they were kind of playing passive a little bit in that first half, throwing a lot of screen routes, running the ball a lot. Obviously, it chewed up a lot of clock. They scored a touchdown first drive of the game. It was like seven minutes, but yeah. It, they're, they're too passive, and I think that with another running back in the system that can be elusive, but that can also be a dual threat, it makes that offense so much more better. Right. Better off, I'd say. Yeah. But I will say this, though. I think the only way that the Bills beat the Chiefs going forward is if they get home field. They need home field advantage. They play the Chiefs twice in the playoffs, and they've both been at home. I mean, Mahomes has never played in a late playoff game. So, uh, <laughs> Insane. <laughs> I think Buffalo needs to get home field. And just have that over the Chiefs, who I think they have a chance to beat. Like, they can obviously beat them in Kansas City, but I just would never, like, pick them to beat them in Kansas City. But if, it, if that game was in Buffalo, I would have probably yeah. picked Buffalo to win that game. So, For sure. Because yeah. the Chiefs, and, playing, playing in Kansas City, that's the hardest place to play in the NFL. It's tough. And Buffalo is right wild. up there. Yeah, and, yeah. and Buffalo is right up there, too, with, you know, Seattle when, you know, they were good, New Orleans. But, you know, if they get that game in Buffalo, I think – it, it bodes well for them, for sure. Yeah. 
I do, I do find it, though, you know, I think the Chiefs played their best game of the season in this one. Obviously, the defense wasn't, you know, paralleled, but the offense was great. And I think if they, they gave anything less than their best in that game, they lose. They lose that game to the Bills. The Bills played a near-perfect game. And it, obviously, it came down to whoever had the ball at the end. But I, I do want to quickly talk a little over time because people are very angry about it. Yeah. I, I understand it. And, I you know, there's jokes about their, you know, beer pong redemption rules are better than the, the – NFL overtime, but it's the way it is. It's the rule book. It's the way it is. Whoever had the ball there first in overtime was going to win the game. For the for the first time in a while, tails bit someone. You know, before usually tails always ended up winning it, but that tails was a critical error of this. Yeah, this that was the critical error in this game for the Bills. It was calling tails, but yeah, like at the end of the day, like whoever whoever had the ball there was going to win the game. I think you know we talk about it as like, oh, the rules are bull. Like you know, the Bills should have had a chance to come back. I think if the Bills got the ball first and they went down and scored, I don't think there would be as much outrage because mm-hmm. I think it's mo- a lot of it's because of the Chiefs win. And we see this so often, like, you know, when the Warriors made the finals, it was like, yo, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, these guys are great. Second year they go, it's like, you know, they want them to lose. It's the same thing here with the Chiefs. Like The, they, Chiefs, they just, got, <laughs> the Chiefs got screwed over by, by when they lost to New England. Patriots, like exactly. Patrick Mahomes' first season in the league, he doesn't get the ball first. Over time, Brady gets it and he goes down and wins it. It's the same thing. It's well, all just first season. It was his first year. It was his first year yeah. starting. Yeah. I'm sure Josh Allen will beat Burrow next year in the playoffs in overtime on the first possession of the game, and then he'll continually go on to everybody else. But yeah. I like his answer I, though. I like I really like his answer after the game saying that if 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 that was us in, in that situation, we'd be celebrating. So we can't really complain about it. Exactly. Yeah. There's not I will say though, I think I think they should change it for uh for the playoffs. I think just looking at the history of the current rule. In the regular season, teams who win the coin toss win the game 52% of the game, which is about half, which is about 50-50, which is fine. In the playoffs, though, they've had 11 playoff games with the with these rules. Uh, 10 of the 11 have won the game who won the coin toss. The only one who didn't win was New Orleans when they got screwed over because mm-hmm. of the, the pass interference. So I think based off of that, they should give both offenses a chance in the playoffs, just considering the, the history of that. But Yeah, yeah. Keep it for the regular season because, I mean. Yeah, you need to get a winner and most of the time. It's just you're trying to get someone to win the game. But, yeah, I, I would like to see the rules change. But at the same time, I don't I don't necessarily hate them. Because, yes, one team gets the opportunity, the other doesn't. Not that bad. But, but football, yeah, football is two sides of the ball. It's offense and defense. You got to play defense. Out. Yeah, play defense. You got the best defense in the league. You, you're talking about yourselves being the best defense. Go out and show it. And, unfortunately, you didn't. That's okay. I mean, it's not great. But next year you live and you learn and you do better. You can't you can't blame the ruling. It's the rules. It's the way it is. Yeah. yeah but, but with that being said, we uh, we move on to the the next round, the the conference championships, and both games are looking super interesting and honestly tough to predict, to be honest, because mm-hmm. the way they they match up. You look at I mean San Francisco and the Rams. I guess we could start with we know McVeigh and Shanahan, been longtime friends. They've worked together for a while. They played each other ten times. I think. Uh, Shanahan's got the lead seven and three over him. I think he's won the last six. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's got the bragging rights over him right now, but this is when it really matters. I think they played each other twice this season, both times the 49ers took it one. The first meeting was very convincingly. The second was close. It was a big comeback from the Rams. The Rams blew it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the last time they played Niners sacked Stafford, I think seven times with 21 pressures and they didn't even really blitz that much, which is what Stafford feeds off of. So that's very scary. If a team's not even blitzing you and they're getting to you seven times, you know, that's, that's something you need to look out for. And I really think, I think this game will come down to the run. 
I think that's going to be huge. Elijah Mitchell is going to be massive for the 49ers in this game. And I think, like I said before, I think you got to give it to Sonny Michelle. I think you have to give it to Akers, 24 rushes for 48 yards. I think it was not good. And obviously the Buccaneers pass or rush defense is phenomenal. And so is the Rams. So you're going to have to give it to someone else who's been playing all year and has it ready to go. You can obviously defer to Akers on multiple times, but I think Michelle has to be that number one guy. Just do both. Just give it to both. Split the carries. Yeah, go back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. You have to you have to change it up. I, I, Michelle didn't even get a single rushing attempt that game, and it, it, I think it did hurt him a lot because he's he's a, he's a bit smaller than Acres. I don't necessarily think he's quicker, but because he's not coming off that you know torn ACL, he's going to be a bit faster and more agile. So I think you got to yeah. use him more. I think this game will definitely come down to the rush as it did in the last two games that these teams have played. But it's going to be very close, and I really don't know which way to go with it. I, I'm going to go with the Rams because I want to stick with my bracket, and there is the opportunity for a Chiefs Rams Super Bowl. But if I was if I was betting money right now, you know, betting my bank account, I might go with the 49ers solely because the defense, the run defense is phenomenal from the Niners. Their pass defense is solid, and I think they have a better run game than the Rams do right now. But at the end, of, I'll say it comes down to running, but Garoppolo, if he doesn't come out balling, which he never really has, to be fair, he needs to play a safe game. He needs to game manage like we've talked about all the time. I'm going back to myself. Obviously, I went with the Rams. I'm taking the Rams all day because I just, at the end of the day, I, I have so much more faith in that just happening. I think everything would point towards picking the 49ers here, uh, considering mm-hmm. their history. They've won six straight. They won both, both games in the regular season. And I don't know if this is flawed logic, but I think it's really hard to beat the same team three times in one season. Absolutely. You look at last year, uh, the Bucks and the the Saints. The the Saints blow blew them out twice, week one and in week ten. Remember that debacle yeah. uh, on Sunday night, and they came back around in the playoffs. And Brady didn't play an amazing game, but he did what he needed to do. The defense showed up, and they won that game. I think the Rams do the same thing here, where. I think they'll take advantage of Jimmy Garoppolo's injuries specifically. He has a shoulder injury. He has, you know, a thumb injury. Um, and I think that Stafford kind of takes advantage uh, – or not doesn't, doesn't take advantage, but he continues his hot streak that he's been on the last couple of weeks um, with his two playoff games. And I think Odell has a pretty big game. Um, I know last week I said that they're going to try to take Cooper Cup away. That didn't happen. You can't take him away. He's, he's going to get the ball regardless. And I think Odell will show up the way he has been. Uh, I think that Higby will play a huge part. I think the Rams will be able to control the run uh, yeah. a little bit on, on the defensive side. Aaron Donald and Von Miller played outstanding games last week. Leonard Floyd did as well. Got in Brady's uh, face a lot. I think one out of every seven passes, he, he got pressured. So um, I don't think the – the, the 49ers offensive line is a little bit better than the Bucs is right now, considering that the Bucs had injuries. But I think the Rams will be able to, to get to Garoppolo, control the run a little bit. I think the Rams will take it in a close one, but I got Rams for sure. Because um, I just think it's too hard to beat a team three times. Yeah. I, we even see it in basketball as well. Two seasons ago, the Buc- uh, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Lakers twice. I think – or no, they beat them once earlier in the season. You saw it with the Clippers. They beat the Lakers twice. But when it comes down to a you know, a really big game near the end of the season, the Lakers were able to win both those. And yeah. I think we'll see a lot of the same here with the Rams. Um, it, is too, it is tough, too, because the Niners are coming off 
injuries. They're having to play with injuries. Debo's back's not great. Kittle's hurting. Fred Warner and Bosa are both hurting. These are all massive, big-time players for this team that are that are playing with injuries. So the Rams just have to play a very safe game, I think. And, it, you know, the Bucks were able to come back in that game last week because of the turnovers that the Rams had. You know, Akers turns it over twice. Cup has a fumble that rarely ever happens. So just unfortunate situations. And then you look at the Niners against the Packers. The Niners consistently capitalized on the Packers' errors, and that's what allowed them to win the game. So you put those both in. The Rams, a team that was making a lot of errors, the 49ers are capitalizing. The Rams have to play extremely safe, and the Niners have to be ready at any moment to take over the game. Because and I this, don't, you know. And sorry? this game is going to be a neutral site. Like, yeah. last last time they played in L.A. In, in, in the final week of the season, the Niners fans took over the stadium. But I know yeah. the, the Rams are only selling tickets to people in L.A., which, by the way, is kind of, Eh. Kind of, eh. it's kind of messed up. I can't lie, yeah. but um, there are a lot of Niner fans in in LA, and I'm sure that it'll be about a 50 50 split of Niners and and Rams fans. So I don't think the Rams are gonna have that big of a of a home field advantage. I think it's gonna be more of a neutral site. So mm-hmm. throw that out there. Yeah, but all in all, I'm gonna stick with the Rams here. I got the Rams going Same. in the Super Bowl, but I think it, it will be a very close game and a fun yeah. one. 100%. And then we move on to the game I'm extremely excited for, Burrow versus Mahomes. In week 17, we saw an absolute shootout between the two of these teams with Evan McPherson obviously kicking a last-second field goal to win like he does so well. Um, obviously, they clinched the AFC North with that win. It was, it's kind of cool that both both these division or uh, conference championship games were massive games to the end of the season for all these teams. Yeah. Bengals were able to clinch over the Chiefs. The 49ers with a win in that last game, they clinched a playoff spot as well. So there was a lot riding on those games. There's even more riding on these ones now with the trip to the Super Bowl on the line. I mean, the last time they faced, the Bengals were able to get the dub. They held Kelsey and Hilt, I think, 11 or 12 catches, only 65 yards in the touchdown. That's going to be very hard to do again. But if they can come even remotely close to that, it's going to be extremely huge for the Bengals' defense, and it's going to allow the offense to do even better. But, uh, yeah, like, what, what, what do you think of this? I don't want to say it, but I'm sensing a Chiefs blowout. I, I really think that – I really think the Chiefs are going to blow them out. Just because they're, they're coming off the best game of their uh, that they've had all season. The Bengals, though they did win, aren't coming off of the hottest win. Um, and even against the Raiders, they were impressive, but they weren't like, you know, blowing the Raiders out or anything like that. So I think with the way the Chiefs are coming into this game and the experience, the, the that game that they played in week 17 was in Cincinnati. It's a whole different it's a whole different game going into Kansas City. Uh, yeah. I think that with that and the experience, I think the Chiefs are going to blow them out. Um I don't want that to happen. I I honestly want the the Bengals to win the game because I want I want a Rams Bengals Super Bowl, but I just don't, I don't see them beating the Chiefs. Like I I want them to, but I I really don't see it. I yeah I don't see it either. To be honest with you, I think it's it's not in the cards for the Bengals just yet. Just with the way that Mahomes was able to play in that game and everybody surrounding him was just constantly battled. They have an all-in mentality with the Chiefs. And, I, you know, I said earlier this year, they're still mad about that Buccaneers loss in the Super Bowl. They played abysmal. The offensive line was awful. Mahomes played – he played good, but it was still one of the worst games he's played, unfortunately, and the run game wasn't there. 
this is time for the Chiefs to really prove themselves, and they did against the Bills easily. They convincingly beat the Steelers. It's now time to take down, you know, the guy that's almost, you know, Holmes is almost playing himself right now. Like, you know, just two seasons ago, he was going up against Brady, who was the guy in the NFL, and he, he just couldn't do it. Now Burrow is the, is the, is the shining star that's coming up, and, and Mahomes is that guy because you can say it's Rodgers, you can say it's Brady, but they're not here anymore, and they haven't been able to progress. And he's, he's had an incredible season even after struggling at the beginning, so it's, it's going to be very difficult, but it's going to be a fun game. I don't, I don't think it'll be a blowout, uh, but I don't think it'll be necessarily close either. I think it'll be like a 10-point, 10, 13-point 10 game for the Chiefs, but I think they're really going to run it up. Neither of these defenses really impressed me too much. So it's all about just limiting turnovers and, and just not making mistakes at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with the way that the, the, the Bengals offensive line looked last week and the, the Chiefs defense isn't that bad. Like they've since yeah. I think week seven or eight, they've been the number one scoring defense or something like that. So or been at, at least top five. So they're not that bad. Um, their pass rush got better at when they got Melvin Ingram. They obviously have Chris Jones still. Like, I think they're just going to put a lot of pressure on on Burrow. And I I think Chase will have a big game like he did last yeah. time. I think, well, like yeah, the number, I think the Bengals will pick – yeah, something like that. Uh, but I think the Bengals will put up big numbers, but I don't think they're going to be able to, to, to keep up with Kansas City. And I think they're, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll pull away late in the game. Yeah. I think, yeah, unpredictability for the Bengals is incredibly important. Just with the – you know, obviously, the, I don't think the Chiefs will be blitzing a lot because – Burrow does so well against the blitz, but they're going to be able to get to him. Last time they played, I think they only had three sacks. Jones had two of them. I shouldn't say only three sacks. Three sacks is still very impressive in a football game, but he's just, Burrow's got to get everybody involved the same way he did against the Titans. It can't be, you know, obviously there's, there's times where he's going to go, you know what, I'm going to chase here. He's going to be the first guy I'm looking at and I'm throwing a bomb to him if he's in single coverage. But with Uzuma, with Boyd, with, with Higgins, with Mixon in the backfield, there's so much available that he has to use everything he has. He can't, you can't do what Rodgers did and just looking at one guy. He needs to focus on everybody else and let the game come to him and, and just just prove to, to – I don't think he has anything to prove necessarily yet. Just he's so young in this league, and he's he's played so incredible this season. He's been so fun to yeah. watch. And I, I absolutely love what he's doing in those interviews, you know, talking about, you know, we're not the same old Bengals. This is a new team. We're ready to fight. We're not a, we're not underdogs. We're, we're a team that's going to go out and ball. And I absolutely love that, and I'm – so incredibly excited for this game this weekend. Yeah. And they've exceeded every single expectation of anybody. Nobody thought Absolutely. they were going to be here. This is a successful season for the Bengals, even if they do lose this game. So, yeah, they're one. They won't. They'll lose. They may lose this game, but they're not losing in the long run, which. So point. Yeah. Yeah. Bengals but, fans should be very optimistic. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Comment who you think is going to win uh, the AFC and NFC Championship, and we will see you all next week. Take it easy. Stay well. Peace.